0: Um, a email uh, from the church, and the email, of course, has the information about our church, what we're singing on Sunday, and all the kind of good stuff. And so, if you would like the email, please see Yasmin afterwards. If you don't, if you're not on the email list, we'd love to share that with you. So, in there, you get the list of what we're singing, updates about our church, what's going on. Um, and so, it's important that we all have that, so we all won't be uh, looking like deer in headlights on Sunday afternoon when we come and start singing new songs. We all be just like. We just lost. Um, So then we'll be informed. And you can know what's going on. So another big announcement, we have our fourth church anniversary coming up. In December, we are four years old, December, the first Sunday in December. Um, so I'm very excited about that. So more details will be shared about that very soon. Um, of course, we have a podcast every single week, so please check it out. Um, it's up- uploaded by um, Sunday, actually. So you can check out my um, messages for, from this uh, series and post, uh, many, many others. And we are in this new series called Who He Is. Someone say Who He Is. And it's been pretty fun so far. And uh, we are in our third, third installment. So let's go to Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. Exodus chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. Exodus chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. This should be pretty interesting. Exodus chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. All right, on the screen, what does it read? Verse 13, what's it say? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. If they say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to him? God said to Moses, I am what I am. And he said, I am the same. So I want to preach with this subject I am. You may be seated. I am. Let's pray. Father, bless you for all that you've done so far, and we are anticipating something great here that you're going to do with us and through us today. Father, um, thank you for the anointing to teach and to preach, and I thank you that you're going to allow us to experience uh, this new revelation on who you are. So I honor you, Lord, and bless you. Um, Father, without you, I'm nothing. With you, Father, we are everything, and I bless you for this moment to share your word and for the honor to share your word. In your name we do pray, amen. Amen. Every part of me wants to say what I'm about to say later, Um, but I just have, it's burning in my heart just to say it now, that as I was studying this and preparing for this series, one of the things that I've been, I was challenged on yesterday when I was looking over my sermon, um, just with the fact that it is crazy how we have done God a disjustice in church. When I was studying like the essence of God and the beauty of his name and his nature and who he is, I was like, man, we don't know what we are saying and singing about and preaching about. We don't know what we study and read about weekly. And it is so heart-wrenching to fathom how one could die. Lay in the ground, hear the trump, and rise And meet a God we never fully encountered And it is I was sitting at my desk last night Yesterday during the day And I was sad And I was to the point of tears Thinking about the fact that Do we really know Who we worship? Do we really know This God that we sing and this God that we preach about, the God that we serve, and the reason why we come to church every single week, do we really? know? And to be honest, like we don't. And so this has been so sobering for me. I feel like I'm in church all over again from day one. Just learning about God's beauty and the essence of his name. Before we ever get to anything else, it's just knowing the beauty of who he is. And it moves me to tears. And I'm sucking it back in my, in my eyes because I don't want to cry. But it's just so amazing just to sit and think about God. And so when we hear statements, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul cries out hallelujah. And yes, that's a great statement. And it really does you know, uh, allow us to reflect and think and gather and give a boisterous praise, thunder of praise. But at the same time, it's like we got to stop it when I think of the goodness of Jesus. And we stop there and just reflect over everything in our lives, not just our lives, but everything that he is Listen, that we have yet to encounter. Then it brings a different response. And so my message today, I pray it honestly, I hope it pulls us all into repentance that we know who he is. And I'm just on the second introduction of the second name that we find him in the Bible. And it's, it baffles me. I, the first installment I did, we learned about he was God, Elohim. That was the first thing we saw him as. And now when this we see, I am. And I've always read this. And we always say, I am that I am. and I've seen churches just scream and throw chairs about it. But it's like, man, when you just really think about this, it gives a completely different Perspective. So I'll do a disjustice, of course, if I did not start at Moses before I got to God. And so Moses is this little boy we know. I don't know if y'all have ever seen like the movie. Uh, what's the movie where they put him in the basket and fold him down a little? See. Huh? The Ten, the Ten Commandments. So they put him in a little basket and fold him down a little sea, and a little, little, uh, little uh, uh, dark-skinned baby when I with all was little her. And so they, not, they put him down and because we know Moses was born. And so he was born in a tribe that they were, they were destined to all be killed. All the descendants were going to be killed. So Moses being put in a basket, flown down the river, happens to be picked up by Pharaoh's daughter. And so Pharaoh's daughter takes care of him. And so Pharaoh has no other, there's no other uh, grandchildren. There's no other descendants, no other sons in there. So Moses is more than likely going to be picked as king for this place. Y'all know that? He was next in line to get the rulership over Egypt. However, Moses in scripture says, I don't want to do this life with you guys. I'm ready to move on and do something completely up. He wakes up at the age of 40 years old, mom, and says, I don't want to do this stuff y'all call egypt and slavery and bondage i don't want to do that i want to go be with my own people that's why you have to know no matter where you are if you're in the right place or you're not in the right place very important okay so moses listen now every someone we all need to know this that every life has a cycle there are cycles to everyone's life whether it's good cycles or bad cycles demonic cycles or christ cycles all of us have cycles So Moses was in the house of Pharaoh for 40 years. Moses was in Midian for 40 years. Then Moses wandered around the wilderness for, guess how long? 40 years. So God deals with Moses in 40s. So you have to know your personal life rhythm. There's something that shows up every so often, whether it's good or bad. And if you sow in the right cycle, you reap in the next cycle. So it's knowing the cycles of your life. So now, of course, moving forward, we find him at the what? The burning bush. And so now he's walking along in Midian. This all happens to come along a burning bush. And, of course, if you walked and saw a burning bush just, you know, burning up a storm, I mean, I'm sure you wouldn't be like, oh, look, at burning bushes." to keep on going. Of course, you would stop like Moses did, right? So Moses, Moses stops and... We pick up at verse 6 and we go through. I'm not even going to read all this. Verse 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, We go through all the dialogue that he goes through. And Moses kept offering every possible excuse. To get out of doing this for God. Now, of course, I mean, if you're just a a mere morsel of a man and you think you are and you are, uh, don't think you're worthy, you have a speech impediment, something's wrong with you, you don't comprehend too well. With every excuse that Moses gave, God gave one that he was better. So this speaks to us that you cannot count discount yourself out of what you um, are doing, what God's calling you to. There's no way out of it. You can run as far as you want to, but no matter where you are, your purpose in life will always meet you where you are, regardless. So Moses asked for the name, his name, a few times. He did not ask just one time. He asked a few times. I'm skipping across the field. He asked a few few times. And so with this few times, he he asked God, what is your name? Who shall I tell them? The first time God said, I am who I am. Basically saying, before you worry about my name, know this, that I am. That's foundation. Number two, he asked, he said, say, I am sent me to you. Still no name, still nothing there. He said, I am is the one who sent me. Then the next time he said, I am that I am. But if you interpret I am, it is the name Yahweh. This is the first introduction we see of the name of Yahweh. It is such a sacred name that people choose not to utter it because they feel like as if they're not worthy enough to say Yahweh. But the crazy thing is, it is a personal name. He gave himself a personal name in that moment that he wanted Moses to be identified with. Now, of course, you know, my name is David. Uh, uh, based on title, I can give you what, everything I do in position and profession. I can give you all of that. I can do it for everybody in the room. But at the end of the day, your name is simply David. David, Mona, Pam, Chris, Yasmin, whoever. So that's your name. But he gave himself a specific name of I am. It was, this was not something that um, cannot be easily uttered or understood. I am, this seems really simple, but at the end of the day, there's more to the name than just I am. And when you think about I am, you think, you know, okay, you are, cool. But there's more to it than we have talked about. It is, in a way, also the shortened version of Yah. Yahweh, Yahweh, or in hallelujah, it is derivative of even that Yahweh, hallelujah, praising this one who is. But here is the uh, what I propose to you that this name, Yahweh, I am, simply means this if translated properly, is. He is, or I am. Meaning that God absolutely is who he is. God absolutely is who he is. It is a staggering thought. It is a staggering reality to know the fact that he is something. It's not that he can't be. It is he is everything. One of our favorite preachers and theologians, John Piper Says it is explosively uncontainable, wildly untamable, electrically future creating. I am. There are 10 things I want to give you that I want to share with you that proves this point. And every clause I'm going to give you is going to start with God's absolute being means. So if you want to write that like as a header and then like write everything else under that, you can. God's absolute being being means. And I'm going to give you all the rest of it. Okay. I really should have been like a nice person to put it on the screen. I'm so sorry. God's absolute being means a people who are still stunned at the beauty of God is the people that God loves to come back for, talk to, sup with those who are still stunned and surprised. If we get to the point where we are in life where we just are not amazed at the works of God, the oracles of God, the word of God, that something is wrong with us. We have gotten to the point where we think maybe we're high enough or he doesn't deserve enough because he did it for somebody else and didn't do it for me. But this is something that we should take to heart, that every time God just is, we should be happy about it. I'll be very transparent. Today, I served with another church, and we were, they were, we were in worship, and they were just standing there looking like deers in headlights. And we were singing a song that spoke about the love of God, and it is when you cannot respond at something you refuse to comprehend. And when you sing about the essence of God and who he is, that demands a response. Not emotional to make the worship leader happy, but one that is appreciative of who he is. I don't have any, any uh, fancy words or, you know, I don't have an almanac to pull from. I don't have a dictionary to deal. I don't have none of that. All I know is that simply he is. And because he is, that's more than enough for me. And it should be for you too. We should not sing until we feel something Or jump until we feel something We should already have is in our minds And that should be who we worship Not our favorite song Favorite band person Favorite artist I know they do something to you I have my favorites too But at the end of the day if If we take out is There is nothing left Number one God's absolute being means He never had a beginning It makes you think, who is God? Who created God? He was always here. His absolute being means he never had a beginning. There was nothing before him. Nothing will come after him. He is who he is. Number two, God's absolute being means he will never end. He is beginning And he is end. But he does not have an expiration date. Number three. God's absolute being means. He is absolute reality. Simply put. He's absolute reality. Meaning that he is there. And he always is. And he always will be. He is our reality. Number four. God's absolute being Means he is Extremely independent You try to muster up all the other Gods and see what they can do Dig up Buddha from the grave and see what they Can do for you They can't They're no longer here He is extremely independent Meaning that nothing can compare to him Number five God's absolute being means rather than, rather that everything is not God depends on God. Everything that's not God depends on God. Meaning this, the place that we are in right now, the gravity, the air, oxygen, trees, road, everything in nature depends on God. The universe depends on God. People always say, you know, well, what's the universe and the big bang? And, and all the other, you know, possessed, you know, the really, you know, really did everything, the really got, you know, monkeys here or whatever else. No. All the stuff comes second. He is always primary. The universe came into being because of God and stays by moment by moment on God's decision to keep it being something. The universe can stop instantly because He said it's over. However, it is fragile and it is dependent on the one who created it. Number six, God's absolute being means all the universe is by comparison to God as nothing. All the universe by comparison is nothing to God. By comparison, excuse me, comparison to God as nothing. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 17 says, all nations before him are as nothing, and they are counted by him less than nothing and worthless. One more time. Isaiah chapter forty seventeen. I love you all's faces so I can know for a fact like what I need to repeat or y'all don't understand and I got to say it again. To make sure it makes sense. It's going to make sense to me sometimes. And it'll be working since. Praise the Lord. Number six again. So God's absolute being means that all the universe is by comparison to God as nothing. Number seven. God's absolute being means he is constant. I think I mentioned this on the first day when I ministered about God. But there is no development in him. There is no progress in him. He is absolutely perfect and that cannot be improved. Number eight. God's absolute being means he is the absolute standard of truth, goodness, and beauty. He is the absolute standard of truth, goodness, and beauty. There is not a law book, something that we can go by that says how good he is, how great he is, how beautiful he is, how amazing he is. But at the end of the day, everything that is created is based on the standard of truth, goodness and beauty that he is. We see beautiful green grass, and well, it's not so green now, strangely. But, you know, falling leaves and rose, and we, we love to slip to the rain, and we, you know, we love our you know, what we do and how we live. And that is all based on the beauty of God. This tapestry called earth is what He created, and it's based on His beauty, His goodness, His truth. He Himself is the standard of what is right, true, and beautiful. Number nine. Almost done. God's absolute being means God does whatever he wants to do. God's absolute being means that he does whatever he wants to do. And it's always right. And it's always beautiful. (laughs) God's absolute being means that God does whatever he pleases. And it is always right and always beautiful. There aren't constraints to hold him, stop him. Everything outside of him, he designs and he governs. He is free from the constraints that we may try to put on him and others have tried to put on him. Even in the Bible days, they could not constrain him. Number 10, God's absolute being means that he's the most important, the most important valuable reality, the most important and valuable person. God's absolute being means that he's the most important, most valuable reality, most important, most valuable person. He's the most important and the most valuable reality, the most important and valuable person that is. Simply put, he's worth your attention. He's worth your admiration. He is not just a foundation, he is simply everything. And if we would picture God as a house, many of us probably have only walked in the living room and stayed there and made ourselves comfortable. But there are more rooms to him. And he's, it's, it's not your vision of the size of house. It is way bigger than we could ever fathom in our finite minds of how the, be- of the beauty of God, who he is, there was more to him. Some of us have probably not even walked in the front porch, walked on the front porch. We just stood there and looked at the house and just like, wow, what a beautiful God we serve. And never took a chance just to go in and see all that he really has for us. This is what really made me cry yesterday. Maybe because I got it out, I'll be okay. Albert Einstein was born in 19, I'm sorry, 1879. He got his doctorate degree in 1905. He published four major papers that explained the scientific law that would change everything and how we see presently today. Of course, he's known for his famous E equals MC squared. But there is another theologian, this, God bless this little statement. There's another theologian, Charles Mister, he wrote this years ago. Listen very closely to what I'm about to tell you. I do see the design of the universe as an essential religious question that one is, I'm sorry, that is one, that one should have some kind of respect and awe for the business of it. It's a very magnificent thing and shouldn't be taken for granted. I believe, listen, that's why Einstein had so little use for organized religion. Although he strikes me as a basically religious man, he must have looked at what the preachers said about God and felt that there was they were blaspheming. He had seen much more majesty than they have ever imagined or preached. I do see the design of the universe as an essentially religious question that, that, is, that one should have some kind of respect and awe for the business of it. It is very magnificent and shouldn't be taken for granted. I believe that's why Einstein has so little use for organized religion, although he does strike as a basically religious man. He must have looked at what the preacher said about God and felt that there was, they were blaspheming. He had seen much more majesty than they have ever imagined. Let me paint this for you. Einstein was able to see there was more to what was already was, and was a, a genius in his mind to come up with what he has discovered for us scientifically and paints what we still teach today. But sitting in church, one who is of, of that genius, I'm make up a word, geniusology, that he could not comprehend what was being said because he was able to see far beyond what was uttered from a pulpit. You got it now? The beauty and the essence of God is what we don't ever take time to about, And when I stand and preach and when you stand and preach and proclaim and go out to witness, are you giving people every bit of beauty that he is or you giving him just the finite thing you've, come, you've mustered up to think about of who he is? Are you giving them everything that he is or everything that you just desire him to? So when I stand and and preach, I never want any message to come off as if I'm just giving, I'm just doing a disservice because I'm not giving you the full essence of God. And if you are in here and you are a preacher or orator of any kind, every time we stand behind a pulpit and minister to somebody, we should be a people that gives them everything we possibly can about the one who died for us. Everything that we are is because he is. And when we lose sight of that, we do a disjustice of someone possibly coming to a burning bush. Maybe you are the one, maybe you are the burning bush for somebody else. And when they come to you, you can't give them what they need because you refuse to study in the fullness of who God is. And the reason why I took this right curve to this message is because we can say, yes, this message is about I am and that he is. But the thing is, though, do we really know who he is? Moses encountered one that said, I am, that I am meant Yahweh, Yahweh meaning he is, and that because he is. That's why we do what we do. But if we don't have that lock in our hearts, we are doing a disservice who we say we are as Christians. So of course, this is not to make you sad. It is to make you think. It is to challenge you in saying that if Einstein could not fathom what the preacher was giving and all geniusology that he was, then at some point, do you think that him from dying in you know, the late 1900s? Do, do you think that it now moving on to this, do, do have we progressed? Have we gotten any further? Or are we still at this place where we are stuck at the fact of, I'm still not sure who God is. When Moses came to that burning bush, he had never had an encounter with God. That one encounter, though, changed his life forever. And so when you really think of the beauty and the essence of God, can someone be changed with one encounter with you because of what you share with them? Granted, you know, we don't know who a Moses will be coming to us. We don't know. Uh, we, we don't. Of course, it, it's a lot of factors to factor in and, you know, whatever else to make up your mind. But the truth of the matter is we have got to know everything we need about God. This man that we preach about and sing about and lift our hands to and worship there's more to him. So tying this all together, when Moses went and said to the to Pharaoh, who sent you? And he said, I am that I am, sent me to you. When he took his rod and threw it down, it became a snake. Remember that? How he struck the rock and water came out. God allowed Moses to operate in the fullness of the creativity of God. So when he said, I am sent me, there was no name that he could give presenting to Pharaoh. Why? Because I'm not. I, Moses didn't know who he was going to be next. <laughs> so when Moses put his staff in the ground and the water parted, a new name for God was established. But if God had given Moses just one name, he would have had just been that along his journey and nothing else. So when he says, "I am, it's I am," you fill in the blank. I am the one who parts waters and makes ways. I am the one who can turn a stick into a serpent. I am the one who can cause a staff to hit a rock and water gush from it to feed and thirst those thirsty ones. I am this. I wonder sometimes if we have become a people so stuck on asking Him to be. Versus discovering who he is. So I am is a simple statement. Very simple. I am David. I am the pastor line. I am Arya's father. These are things I know I am, but there are so much... <laughs> More that even I don't know about myself. And for you, there's more that you need to discover more about yourself. But before you ever discover anything about you, have you discovered I am? And any blank that you need him to fill, he will fill. Any place you need him to be. So yes, we know him as God. But man, I would love to be Moses in that moment. And he just said, I am Yahweh, I am the one who is whatever I need to be. We sing a song, God is the joy and the strength of my life. Moves all pain, misery, and strife. He promised to keep me, never to leave me. He'll never ever fall short of where I got to fast and pray. Stay in the narrow way, got to keep my life clean every day. I want to go with him. When he comes back, I've come too far, and i will never turn back. God is. God is my all and all. And for years we've sung that song. 1979 it was written. For years we sung the song. And I really wonder if even the writer Cleveland could understand what he was pinning. That when saying God is, it's going back to Exodus chapter three. Knowing that in this moment that Moses gave, God gave Moses the essence of who he is in the ability to become whatever he wanted him to be. That to me, folks, is beautiful. So the next time you're here, or the next time you're going through, just say, God, please be I am. I would love us to have like a shirt that just says is, yes, period. Because he is. And it's, it's a conversation starter, but it should be one that win someone to Christ. Literally, you're whoever I need you to be. And I think that is what the Lord wanted to say today. Amen. He is. And the beautiful thing about this all, we have this I am living on the inside of us. And we oftentimes say he doesn't change but maybe he does, just in who he presents himself as to us. <laughs> and so, buckle up, Buttercup, and take a ride on this roller coaster of I am, because he really is just that. He is simply whatever you need him to be. And the beautiful thing is, he will never be anything less than what you need him to be. He is. Although they had to wander around for 40 years. Should have been just a quick day's journey. In this, they still never learned, Yasmin, who God was. 40 years walking around with a man that knew God as I am. And they never knew who he was. And yet God is still waiting for a nation to turn back to him. And I wonder sometimes if we as a church have become that nation that God is waiting for. because we just simply refuse to acknowledge him as I am. So legit, I want us, I want us to collectively together as an altar call, like legit repent. Now, if you're in here and you're like, I'm good, I always acknowledge him as he you know, I'm good over here, Pastor. Bless you. Praise be. As for me in my house, I sat at my desk and I weeped. I said, God, I never want to be a person that does you wrong because I just simply never knew who you were and this gospel has become so real to me with this series and I said God I, I mean I'm real legit I sat there and I just looked at my computer screen at my nose and I said man God I'd never want to be a pastor has all these people following me and cars and houses and money and all this stuff and I never knew who you were. I never want to be that. And my heart is to know the essence of God and who he is and I know my mind cannot fathom it. My finite mind cannot comprehend it but man, I would love to die trying to figure him out because he's everything to me. So when I sing and I scream and I holler and and I get up here and slap my rag as Yasmin so eloquently demonstrates, it's because I've had an encounter with the one who is I am. And I'm just trying to convey that to you in some kind of way. So Father, as a church, as a people, as a body, of people that believe in you, we collectively repent because we want to know you, fully you, and not just settle for what we have already experienced, but we want more. Father, I pray that you will allow us to encounter the more of you that will bring us even more into repentance, Father, pushing away what we have probably always been taught and just realized there's something more to this than just coming to church and just reading the Bible, maybe once, and, once or twice a week. But Father, there's more to you. Help us to know that. There's more, there's more, there's more. I'm asking, Lord, over these next several minutes, That you will allow us to just simply encounter your heart. Before we ever ask for anything, let us know who is giving us everything. We honor you, Lord, and bless you. It is in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.